Hello, welcome to the Mentormers this week, your bi-weekly Jewish sports and shtisel recap podcast. <laughs> More sports than shtisel recap, I think, this time. Uh, I think well, our whole lives are a shtisel recap, if you think about it. You know, one of these days I'm actually going to have to watch that show. Probably. probably uh, before they take it off of Netflix. To catch all the references I make on our show. Yeah. Welcome back, everybody. We are brought to you, as always, by the Canadian Jewish News. Uh, you can find us on the cjnews.com and on Facebook, the CJN Podcast Network. Also follow us on Twitter at Menchwarmers. We got Gabe in the last couple of weeks, a follow from uh, Nick Rickles, uh, local or not so local, Israel baseball player. How about that? Yeah. Do we have Ty Kelly yet? Uh, I don't think he's a follow back. We, we followed him. So Ty, Ty Kelly, if you're listening to this or anyone else from the Israel baseball team, uh, yeah. tell Ty, Ty to Follow, follow us. Nick, if you're listening, please uh, show everyone. Do we ever figure out if Nick Rickles was related to Don? Uh, I looked at that PE is not, as far mm. as I can tell. So common enough. But he does insult the players night. while he's catching. I hope so. That would be great. Yeah. He's out roasting there. Exactly. I, I assume most of the uh, you know the Israel baseball team's tough because when the pitcher shakes off the catcher, it's hard to tell if he's being sarcastic <laughs> or not. <laughs> Well, oh, that's, that's very good. Or uh, Nick Rickles, you know, somebody swings. You call that a swing? Yeah. What the hell's wrong with you? What are you doing that for? That's not a swing. Come it's on. Not, it's show me something. Yeah. It's not so much instructional coaching as, uh, you know, guilt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that leads us to our first topic for the day, Gabe. Uh, we're taping this on Monday, uh, September 23rd. Uh, okay. Wait. I got one more. I got one more. Okay. I got okay, one more. Okay. A uh, pitcher doesn't necessarily shake off the catcher. He catcher says fastball one instead of shaking his head. He goes, eh. Yeah, that's that. We should have left that one on the table. You know, um, we're, we're here. We're playing the volume game tonight. Yeah, I guess so. Just spray the jokes and exactly. like, was, hit to all fields on these jokes. That's right. Well, let's get into it, including uh, the not it's, funny ones. It's Monday, September twenty third, and. We are one less than one year away now from the Israeli baseball team being in the Olympics, Gabe. Happy birthday to Jewish NBA owner Mark Lazary on the sure. day we're recording this, owner of the Milwaukee Bucks. Cool. Um, uh, you know, a real miracle happened. Tell yeah. me about the great miracle that happened there. So I, I'm going to tell the good part first, which is that Israel won the qualification to play uh, baseball in the 2020 Tokyo Summer Games. Uh, here's where we came from. So... Listeners of our podcast, Jewish sports fans everywhere, are pretty familiar with Israel's run in the 2017 World Baseball Classic. Uh, in that run, you know, they made it to the quarterfinals, they made it at the group stage, they beat the Netherlands, they beat uh, Japan and, uh, and South Korea, or Chinese Taipei. Yep. Uh, and then they, I believe they almost beat Cuba, came very yeah. close to beating Cuba. So they had this amazing run. Nobody expected much of them. It was a team mostly comprised of uh, Jewish Americans. A few Jewish Canadians, a few Israelis. Uh, the World Baseball Classic rules are that you don't have to be a citizen of the country, but you need to have, be eligible for citizenship, which, of course, all Jews are. Uh, so the World Baseball Classic results are important for making it to the next World Baseball Classic, which I recently realized this. Rob Manfred recently said that they're committed to a World Baseball Classic in 2021. Oh, wow. So yeah. two years away. Two years away. So Israel will definitely be back in the World Baseball Classic. Yep. But the World Baseball Classic standings had no correlation to the European Baseball Championship, or to Olympic qualifying. Right. So they're entirely separate WBO, WBC organizations. Different, different organizations. So Israel had not qualified for the previous uh, European Baseball Championship. Mm -hmm. uh, they, The 10 teams that had, I believe, featured in the 2016 European Championship, the last time it was held, automatically made it. So they needed two more teams for a 12-team tournament. Mm -hmm. So Israel was in a 14-team B-pool tournament. 
And the two top of those would enter their way into this one. Yeah, they were the winner of the uh, Blagovgrad group. <laughs> and then they had to beat Lithuania in a playoff series to get the last spot because Austria came out of the other group. Where? How many baseball fields are there in Blagovgrad? Honestly, the teams that they had to, the countries that they had to beat to make it out of this group are just like, I don't want to insult the uh, Serbian or Bulgarian national baseball teams, but it's just like, I sort of picture like, you know, three, three uh, American kids who played through college. On a dirt field in Plovdiv somewhere. You know, who have, maybe they have a Bulgarian grandfather or something like that and play for the team. And the rest is just like, you know, some guy who's sort of athletic and he saw baseball on TV a couple times. Right. Maybe he's, you know, working as a plumber or some sort of field with his arms. So he's yeah. still got good bat speed. I mean, even the teams that were in the European Championship, none of them are, well, a lot of them are from t- countries I wouldn't consider baseball powerhouses. But Italy and the Netherlands have always been the two strongest yep. European teams. Netherlands in part because of its uh, its uh, Caribbean, Caribbean uh, colonization. Exactly. So it's Caribbean players from Curacao and Aruba who are from, you know, yep. traditional baseball countries. Antilles. But I don't know that Antigua. The, yeah. I don't know that the uh, Antilles, Antilles players played so much in the European Championship, but they right. definitely played for the Netherlands on right. the world stage. But, you know, jerks in Profar, Andrew Jones, these are former MLB All-Stars. Yeah. Italy, I think, has a little bit of tradition of uh, from the American occupation during the war, and then Italian American players who play on the team as well. It's actually a Dutch Jewish baseball connection. Uh, jerks and Profar blows the jerks and Shofar. Right, and uh, not literally. That's a rhyme. Not, not literally. literally no, he's not Jewish, but his name rhymes with Shofar. Good name for a fancy baseball team if anyone wants it. The, jerks, jerks, and Shofar. It's yours. You can have it. Yeah. We didn't come up with it. We might not have come up with mentors either, but that's a topic for another podcast. I thought that was me. Okay. We were eating soup. We were talking about it. We did it. So Israel qualifies for the European Baseball Championship, uh, which was going to happen in uh, Germany. Uh, happened last month. And Israel had a pretty good round robin. Wait, so so go back a second. They, we're in the B. We're still talking about the B pool here. Yeah. Okay. So they, had, they were in the round robin and B pool against baseball powers. This is Serbia and Nigeria. Nigeria? No, just European teams. European they won. Teams. They went five and zero. They got a chance that they had a, to win a playoff series against Lithuania. They crushed Lithuania, so they were really the best team coming out of that. Yeah, and part of it was the momentum and the sort of team building that they had done from the uh, World Baseball Classic. There were similar players on that team yep. uh, who who joined Israel to make it out of the Pool B. Ty Kelly specifically being one of them. Yes, I believe so. Yes. Um, so they made it to the European National, the European Baseball Championship. Uh, it's a 12-team tournament. starts with a round robin. Israel did very, very well in the round robin. They went 4-1. and one. Uh, You know, they beat, again, not powerhouses here, but they beat the Czech Republic and Sweden. Uh, they they beat Germany. Czechia now? I, apparently, no one's actually calling it that. Okay. I think it sounds too similar to Chechnya. Mm. It's like, what's Czechia? You know? Yeah, I, don't I think know people are still saying Czech Republic. Okay. They just, tried. Just they checking. tried and failed. They tried and failed. So, Israel beat Germany. They beat, the great, beat Great Britain, but they lost to the Netherlands in the round robin. So they were the number two seed, but they beat France in the quarterfinals of the tournament uh, before ultimately losing to Italy in the semifinals. Now, they what lost to Italy in the semifinals. They lost to Italy in the semifinals. Uh, they lost 7-6. It was a very hard-fought hard game. Italy ended up losing in the, in the finals. But they ended up as the fourth-place team. They then lost the third, fourth-place game against Spain. Mm-hmm. But they were the fourth-place team. And for the purpose of qualifying for the Olympics... The top five teams in Europe in the European Championship got to go on to the uh, Olympic qualifier. It's called the Joint Europe-Africa uh, Olympic Qualification. Oh, of course. The JEAOC. 
Yeah, the Jayhawk. Right. Um, so South Africa had qualified for that tournament uh, by virtue of winning the African African qualifying championship, and uh, the rules were basically that the team that came out of this got to win, got to go to the Olympics. So Israel had a pretty strong start. Um, they won their opening game against uh, South Africa, I believe. Sorry, their first game against Spain, they won Spain. three three nothing. Yep, uh, and then they crushed the Netherlands eight one. So that was a huge game. So wow. Netherlands have been, you know, again, one of the powerhouses. powerhouse. So they and they the, won the European tournament. And they had just come off their European tournament run. Uh, very successful. They beat the Netherlands, and then they beat Italy, the team that was the runner-up. They beat them right. 8-2. So they were 3-0 and in yep. control of their destiny. And then in their penultimate game, they lost to the Czech Republic 7-4. Uh, that was on the 21st on Saturday. They lost to the Czech Republic 7-4. Um, they couldn't pull it off. But they really had one more chance because if they went 4-1 – they would have the tiebreaker over the Netherlands, which is the only other four, four and one team. There's no playoffs to this. It's just the best right. team. So yesterday, uh, again, in the little baseball stadium, Nino Cavelli Stadium in Parma, which again, it's <laughs> like Parma. You see some of these things, and it's like it, it doesn't look like anyone's used them before. You know, right? There was apparently 225 people in attendance, and and the most that anyone, the the largest attendance for any of these games is like a couple thousand. Right. Not huge stadiums, but. They crushed out the Africa. Wow. 11-1 in eight innings. Yep. Mercy ruled them. They couldn't lose in, in nine. Wow. They, they had built up a 10-run lead. And because of that, they won the Africa-Europe qualifying tournament. And they're, they're in the Olympics. And the most amazing thing I think about all of this is that, first of all, the Olympic rules are different from the World Baseball Classic yep. rules. So we said before that you had, to be a, you had to be at least eligible for citizenship. Yeah. The Olympic rules are you have to be a citizen. So everyone right. on that team now is a citizen of Israel. They weren't all born there, obviously. Yep, but, but they were of, given. They they went through the paperwork. They did the process. Yeah, they're now citizens. And so Danny Valencia, who, yeah, Cuban, uh, Cuban, Cuban Jew, Cuban American Jew, yeah, is now a citizen of Israel, and he had three home runs in the Africa Europe qualifying. He's tournament. allowed to eat a Cuban sandwich. Uh, that's a good question. I think you'd have to check with his rabbi, but I think the answer is no by kashrut rules, obviously. Yeah, of course. But is there some sort of like cultural exception? That's a good question. I mean, I, I, I still think the answer is no, because I think right. that would allow way too many Jews to eat way too much pork for cultural reasons. Pro, but, the, you know, there's like, there's Talmudic, Halakhic laws, so and forth, where like, you know, if it's a life life and death situation or or you have to, you know, be polite to your hosts or it's to close a deal. This is true. This is in the, the Halakha. You are allowed to break rules of kashrut. Well, if any of those situations ever applied to eating a Cuban sandwich, then I guess maybe he'd get an exemption. But uh, it, maybe. Seems un- it seems I mean, unlikely. he's a Cuban man. Yeah. Although I guess I, there's Canadian bacon. I think he was born, I think he was born in the too. States. That's true. So, yeah. But, I mean, if we're not allowed to eat Canadian bacon, yeah, exactly. he probably isn't allowed Just to eat a Just because you're down sandwich. at uh, St. Lawrence Market doesn't mean you get a life or death exemption. That's yeah. right. Um, but, yeah, Danny Valencia had three home runs in that five-game tournament. Uh, I think he hit 500. You know, yep. the, the team played great. Hit, hit, the, yeah. hit the cover off the ball. And I think part one of the other, you know, the exciting thing is that they're going to a tournament in Tokyo, or I think it's in, yeah, the yeah. Olympics are in Tokyo. I'm not sure where all the games are being played. Tokyo Dome, probably the Tokyo Dome. Maybe probably, a couple maybe of six star games coming out of there. Yeah, maybe a few other stadiums. Uh. But um, they're playing in the Olympics, in which there are six teams. Right, that's it. That's it. So who are the six teams? Do we know? The only other team that's qualified is, to- is Japan right. as the host. There's two teams in all likelihood who are going to come out of the. Uh, it's called like the top 12 tournament. I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's yeah. like most of the best teams in the world. Yeah. In all likelihood, it'll be... That's sick. So like... Yeah. In all likelihood, it'll, it'll be Cuba and the US. You're right. And then there's a few other ways to qualify, uh, but 
in all likelihood another so, uh, Caribbean team or or North American team, and then possibly an Asia another Asian team. Uh, right, it could be Taiwan or South Korea. So, just to get this straight, out of Korea, so let's, let's go with this: out of Korea, the U.S., Cuba, the Dominican Republic, Venezuela, Mexico, Canada, uh, and what would be the eighth? Um, Panama. I Panama, yep. sure. There's that's eight teams, only four of which will make it. Oh yeah, there's some good teams that aren't going to have a chance. I mean, even the Netherlands and Israel. Like, so know. Israel's got a chance to medal yeah. too. So that that's exactly right. I mean, they they will not be the favorite coming into the tournament. But on the other hand, they do have a year to assemble a team. Yeah, and I think there is an opportunity to acquire, you know, put together a team of guys who aren't necessarily playing at the major league level. So the but, rules the rules traditionally been that minor league players will go to the Olympics. Yeah. Major leaguers will, will not. not. But, it's the middle of the season. Yeah, it's the middle of the season. But to identify some minor league players, whether it's guys on their way up yep. or guys who were uh, sort of career minor leaguers yep. uh, or guys who just, you know, were major leaguers until recently but didn't get a job, which is sort of uh, Danny Valencia's role. Yep. Um, and just say, look, Ty Kelly as you well. have an opportunity to be part of something truly special. Yep. Uh, we have a chance to put a team together that can rival the best in the world yep. on the biggest stage in the world yep. for baseball. Uh, you know, baseball hasn't been in the Olympics in, in 12 years or whatever and say, let's do it. Let's take our best shot of doing it. Let's, if we could win a medal here, it would mean so oh, much, it would be so much for Israeli, all of Israeli sports. Israel, I believe only has two Olympic medals ever. Yeah. I think uh, one I read, in sailing and one in judo. I think it might be a few, it might be more than that, but it's worth looking up. But I did read that this is their first, um, entrant to a team sport competition uh, in a very long time. Like I, the last time was like 68 in soccer or something like that. But that in having a team there, it, it's been ages. So again, it's okay. a six-team tournament. So they have Anything nine medals. Nine medals career. I in, was wrong, Israel. However, okay. three of them are in sailing, five of them are in judo, and one of them is in canoeing. Okay. So the first Israeli medalist was a silver Yael Arad, who won in judo, mm-hmm. um, the women's middleweight in Barcelona. Okay. Uh, and the most recent, the only gold ever, was by Israeli sailing legend Gal Fridman, okay. who uh, won. He's won several Olympic medals in sailing, um, and most recently Or Sasson, who I wonder if he's a, a descendant of the Vidal's. The uh, Vidal Sassoon. Yeah, um, Vidal Sassoon was definitely Jewish. Yeah, he uh, was. I, I believe he, he died was. a couple years ago. Um, about that. You know, Angelica Houston's his granddaughter. No. Yeah. I, I don't think that's right. We're gonna we're gonna Jewish geography this at the break. But okay. Or Sasson uh, won a bronze at judo. Um, and, uh, oh boy, this is quite a beefy man. Um, he's six, four, two sixty five. Not wow. a lot of Jews that big. Well, wow. that's there. You know, there's a the weight classes in judo. Yeah. Anyways, just to sort of tie a bow on the, on all this, it's an unbelievable opportunity. I think it means a lot for Jews in baseball. I think it means a lot for Israeli baseball. I hope that Israelis are, uh, you know, really getting behind the team and that a year from now in Tokyo, they're really out there and supporting. I think so far a lot of the support has been American Jews. And yep. realistically, the team is largely American Jews. Now Jews who have gained citizenship in Israel. But it is largely American Jews. And, and the support, I think, is from American Jews. We're going to be in a position again where we're waking up at 3 in the morning to watch a baseball game, as we were during the World Baseball Classic. But, I mean, I couldn't support anything more. It's, it's you know, my favorite sport. It's the sport that's been most connected to Judaism, I think, for, for, its, profession, for its life as a professional sport. Uh, I think it's a sport that a lot of Jews have connection with, and it's just amazing to see this Israeli team that has come from come from basically nothing. 
you know, had to qualify for the World Baseball Classic and just barely made it in. Uh, they had to qualify for this European tournament exactly. to qualify in the first place. Had to beat a bunch of Lithuanians to, to make it in. Okay, maybe they didn't put up such a fight, but still, they had to keep putting the team together, keep fighting, keep fighting. Mm-hmm. And here we are. They're in the Olympics. The, the impossible has happened. And, uh, you know, we want to see how far they can go. A medal is a possibility. You know, they only have to win a couple games. They've proven before that they can beat the best teams in the world. They can put a team together that can challenge the best. And they can beat the best teams in the world that have their MLB All-Stars. Well, they won't have their MLB. But, yeah, I mean, they, they won't did this it. time. They, they, right, did, it the, right. they did it the World Baseball Classic. So, un- unfortunately, this has been set up in a way that um, disproportionately favors Japan. I mean, the Olympics are in the middle of summer, but the Japanese professionals are going to get time off to play. So Yeah. Oh, that's So, really? Yeah. So this has all been set up. The the reason why it's only six teams is so that Japan is like guaranteed to win. So the Japanese, the NPB is pausing for this tournament. I believe that's correct. If they if they're normally played during that time, yeah. right, I think they do. Interesting. They'll be pausing for the tournament so that the best player or or the best players will simply be allowed to leave. So yeah. Pick a play. So for they can country. go play. Yeah. The whole thing is a little rigged for for Japan, and not the first time that Japan has done uh, you know screwy things to guarantee themselves uh, Olympic victories. Nah, um, I was worried point you anyone to the, other Olympic, other non-Olympic victories. No, no, they're like they've been a totally corrupt sports organization. Oh for yeah, national, that 1967 prize. ramen competition in uh, Eastern uh, Plovdiv. Look, you can look it up. There's, a, there's like, there's this biking sport, Kieran. That's yeah. like only oh, popular. It's, all, it's only popular it's all in Japan. Kieran. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So, anyways, enough about that and our politics on uh, Jap- Japanese uh, sports inclusion. But what some I, people believe, some people that. Kenny Omega's victory over Kazuchika Okada at Wrestle Kingdom of last year was indeed predetermined. Wow. Some Imagine people that. believe that. And that's Japanese sports for you. Yeah. So, you know, Neskadol Hayasham, it was a big miracle. It happened there in uh, Parma, Parma, of all places. And we can't Moon wait to see what happens Parma. What happens with the uh, Israeli baseball team. Keep filling you in on any developments that go on and as the team gets put together for next year. And uh, just in case you're listening, before the tournament, John and Mayo, we'd love to have you back on to chat about some of the prospects, the MLB prospects that will be playing for the team. This is not the last of their Israeli baseball uh, content, and uh, we'll keep you guys updated. Absolutely. Uh, For now, uh, we'll just take a quick break, and we'll come back with some more stories about Jews and sports. So I looked up, uh, I was wrong about five minutes ago, that Angelica Houston was related to Vidal Sassoon. They have no familiar relationship. But in this, if we want to talk about some... Jewish, he might have cut her hair one time. He might have cut her hair one time. But I don't know if that makes them family. I also don't know if it makes it a sport. But for the sake of today's sports event, let's talk about Vidal Sassoon as a professional athlete. Okay, I assume sure. hairdressing is somewhat of a a athletic pursuit for the hairdresser. You know, you're on your feet. You're going around. You're focused. you got to be really precise. This dude was a certifiable badass. Uh Born in extreme poverty in London. Okay. Was a, a very, very, very successful youth football player. Oh, wow. But started as an apprentice hairdresser sort of during the 1940s, 1930s, where at 17 years old in the East End of London, he would go around between cutting hair looking for fascists to beat up. So he was an outspoken anti-fascist hairdresser during World War II. Well, for, for, for good reason, I guess, or I would say it's a good thing. That beating up fascists has become less of the athletic uh, endeavor that it once was. <laughs> you know, it's, for the I'm mean, thinking it's good in that there's less fascists like openly on the street. Yeah, and all, they also seem to be in less good shape. Yeah, I mean, I think we should keep sharp in our uh, fascist beating up abilities. Yeah, I but, agree. Uh, as as 
you know, responsible Jews. But yes, he it's was... It's rare that I encounter street fascists that I feel like, uh, you know, need a, need a lesson. He was two... So he was 17, so he wasn't drafted into the British Army, but he joined something called the 43 Group, uh, which was a group of Jewish ex-servicemen around London who went around beating up Nazis. All right. That's um, something. And then uh, after that, he... Uh, continued working in Adolf Cohen's salon. Okay. Um, perhaps reference one of, one to... Of the last, one of the last Jews named Adolf, probably. Yeah, exactly. But you wonder if it has to do with Leonard Cohen's song about my father was a dresser of hair. You think that's Adolf Cohen he's talking about? Uh, seems unlikely. Seems Weird unlikely, connection. but anyway. The death of a ladies' man. Yeah. After, exactly. Afterwards, Vidal Sassoon, uh, he went to Israel, joined the Haganah for a while. Okay. Uh, wow. Fought pretty valiantly. Uh, and just a quote... Only 600,000 of us defending the country against five armies. Everyone had something to do. Really fits that Jewish-Israeli spirit. And then went back and became a successful businessman and hairdresser. So if you ever see a picture of uh, Israeli uh, soldiers during the War of Independence who looked like they had a sharp cut, <laughs> it might have been Vidal Sassoon. We don't know. I mean, I assume, I assume when they said, like, so what did you do back in England? He's like, I was a hairdresser. They're like, oh, great, because here are some clippers. Like, make right. sure everyone's in line. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, I don't think fashion was their priority. No, but, but do you think he, he invented the bob on, like, Shmuley and... Uh, and... <laughs> some kibbutzniks who would let exactly. their, you know, let their hairs gr hair grow long, like uh, Samuel for... for 20 years totally while while you know fashioning bullets underneath a laundry he was also cutting hair maybe that's very zohan his story actually well there's our salute to uh vidal sassoon uh passed away a couple years ago i think yep. uh but you know at a ripe old age so yep good and him. zohan was a hacky sack professional so that uh that is a sports connection from vidal sassoon sure sure um i think we should move on to talk about it you want to talk about football a little talk about football it's fall it's the uh, first day of fall apparently yeah. Oh, Doesn't wow. feel like it yet. Is it an equinox? Uh, it's the 23rd. So I think yesterday might have been the first day. Hey, Jewish druids. Uh, it's a big day for the druids. I don't think they're Jewish druids, but I mean, all the Jewish holidays are sort of uh, seasonal, right? Right. Like these ones, the high holidays are fall based. And like, again, you know, there's reasons behind them, but like yeah. they are, I Somewhere think, based on seasonal things. And Passovers and, and Shevwood are harvest based, you know. Yep. They're, they're a lot of religions like are really based on sun worship. Yeah, sure. I and mean, it's right there in the middle. It's hot. You yeah. can see it. What else would you want to worship? Speaking of sun worship, we're going to talk about our podcast and our community's son, Josh Rosen, one of our favorite uh, mentors. The Chosen Rosen. The Chosen Rosen. Quarterback of the Miami Dolphins got his first start of the season this week. It went okay. Okay. Not great. Yeah. He didn't throw any interceptions. Very stingy with the ball. We're happy about that. Sure. Um, and similarly, uh, he his team lost quite bad, but... He performed, I would say, admirably, sort of, for an early game on a terrible team. Yeah, they were playing the Cowboys, who were pretty good. Yep. Uh, I'll give you a stat line here. He was 18 for 39 with 200 yards. Uh, he sacked three times, three rushes, 13 yards. They're uh, not giving him the protection he deserves. Yeah, I mean, look, I think that's the big topic here. It's great that he's getting the start. Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is the previous starter, is just, you know, a, a vet who's thrown more interceptions Throwing interceptions for more NFL teams than anybody else in NFL history. Not Jewish. Not Jewish. Uh, did go to Harvard, as we talked about before. Quite the intellectual. So maybe he can mentor Rosen on what it means to be, you know, too smart for the football field. But, uh, <laughs> you know, unfortunately, we're, we, Rosen's in a situation that's terrible again. Yep. He was in a crappy situation last year in Arizona. And uh, might happen again. He's getting thrown to the wolves. I mean, the the Dolphins are, you know, jettisoning everyone. Like, like, a, like, an, uh, like a Jewish widow... 
who moves to Florida, they are getting rid of all their possessions. Wow. Uh, you know, there you go. Just dispensing of everything <laughs> they have before they. Yeah. Well, he's moving the, to Florida. Leave, leave that mortal coil. Yeah. He's recently moved to Florida and found none of his friends are there with him. So maybe he missed the generation. Traditionally, I think you, you make friends by the pool. You know, some people from the shtetl. Sure. He's got none of those. Yeah. He's got nothing. He's they lost Minka, they traded Minka for Fitzpatrick last year's number one pick. They're just leaving him out there to the wolves. So yep. you know, sort of see what he can do here. Um, Miami's certainly not intending to compete. I mean, they're calling it the fish tank this year because they're they're trying to lose. Oh, that's clever. The yeah, fish tank. The fish tank. Uh, yeah. You know, they have a winnable game uh, coming up in a couple of weeks against the Redskins. You know, they Yikes. Have a game, game against they have two games against the, the Jets. Washington football you team. Know, your your New York Jets are pretty terrible. I oh, mean, yeah. someone's got to win one of those games. It's been really fun to watch. Yeah, it's true. Somebody's got to win. But uh, you know what? Nobody. They could tie. Nobody. They could tie. They could yeah. tie. Zero zero. That's what I'm predicting. Some of them both get lost. So keep you guys informed. Uh, Chosen Rosen. Check back in a couple weeks. See you. Yep. Um, on the other side. Uh, Last week, we had a guest, uh, Max Winkler, a very successful Hollywood director, including a call-in from his father, which is interesting because this is not a call-in show. No, it's not. That was our first radio, our, our first uh, call-in guest, yeah. impromptu guest from Henry Winkler, uh, uh, but Fonz. That's right. Uh, corn. Mr. Winkler, a very big baseball fan, declared who he thinks the greatest Jewish baseball player in the world right now is, and that's... Uh, Young Astros third baseman and uh, grandson of famous Major League Baseball lawyer, Alex Bregman. So, it's almost the end of the baseball year. Uh, hardware is going to get given out soon, but voting's coming soon. Hardware. Uh, yeah, the MVP trophy specifically. And here is my uh, medium spice take. Uh-huh. I think maybe lessened a little bit because we are a Jewish sports podcast, and I think we know which uh, which way our bread is buttered. Too spicy would make our stomachs a little yeah. yeah. So we can't. We got to be somewhat cold here. Alex Bregman should be the MVP of the American League this year. Shocking. Yeah. Why do you say that instead okay. of the Mike Fish guy? Okay. So Mike Trout is the greatest baseball player on earth. There's no doubt. He has been for the last eight years or whatever. Uh, if you want to look at advanced stats and all that in terms of value. Mike Trout has put up the highest uh, number of wins above replacement, the traditional stat or the, yep. the now traditional stat for measuring players on an even keel. However, Mike Trout's been injured the last week and a half. He's shut down for the end of the season. Uh, his team, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, are awful and yep. have been for many times. And there's simply no amount of value that he's really brought to them because they are currently a 70 win team. They'll probably end up with 72 or 73 wins. If he made them a 73-win team instead of a 62-win team, it doesn't matter. Right. That's It's diminishing returns. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Houston Astros are 102-54. and 54. They're going to win the ALS for, what, the third or fourth year in a yep. row. Uh, and Bregman's their best player. Yeah. They're, so he's the best player on the best team. Yeah. They're their fa- they're the favorites to win the AL, uh, the American League, along with the Yankees. Like, they, they, you know, in all likelihood, they'll face the Yankees in the ALCS. Bregman's by far their best player. He's just a little bit behind Trout in terms of the counting stats and things like that. I'm going to give a business analogy here. Go for it. When you give out corporate awards, so yeah. that's my understanding, you don't give them to the best person. Okay. Because that person gets a promotion. Right. So the corporate award is sort of a kiss of death in terms of your promotional career 
which is that you might not get the promotion now. Here's your consolation prize. Mike okay. Trout's a first ballot Hall of Famer of all time. Sure. He doesn't need to win more MVP awards to make him do that. Right. So what I'm saying is let's give Alex Bregman that MVP award like you would give your corporate award to the guy in second, the second best employee, because the first one's getting the promotion. Well, so Trout's going to get the first ballot Hall of Fame. Let Bregman collect some hardware. I think that's right. I mean, it used to be the case that they wouldn't give a guy an MVP award multiple times like like uh, i think like babe ruth only won like one or two because it was like once you want it they move on to something else and i'm not saying that's always the they case they also didn't let people of color play in the major league baseball well that made it a lot easier for babe ruth to be as dominant as he was right a topic for another time <laughs> uh so bregman hasn't won one we saw this a few years ago in toronto where josh donaldson led the jays to a sort of unbelievable second half where they won the division and made the playoffs for the first time in 20 uh, odd years mm-hmm. and even though he wasn't technically better than out than mike trout in terms of war he won the MVP because it was like, well, this guy's the best player on one of yep. the best teams. He's done something special. So it's not quite the same with Alex Bregman because he's had like a very, very good year. Um, but, you know, in terms of counting stats right now, we're talking about this with, with what, six games left for the Astros. He has 39 home runs, 35 doubles, 108 RBIs. Okay, we know these things don't matter as much as they used to. But still, the counting stats. 30 home runs, 100 RBIs, a rocket for an arm. If you don't vote him into the MVP, you don't know what the hell you're doing, baseball. Look, he plays a plus position. His OBP is 4, 419. His OPS now is over 1,000. This is a banner year yep. for, for one of the league's best players. I think he deserves the MVP. Uh, I think that really he should get it because of how much value he's brought to his team. Not saying he's better than Mike Trout, but it doesn't matter. Let's do this. Give it to Bregman. Uh, he would be the, to our understanding. I think the third, third and, third and a half. Third and a half. Jewish MVP. And that'll lead us into our next a classic Jew or not Jew yeah. segment here. Uh, previously, we've talked about Hank Greenberg on this podcast before. We've talked about Ryan Braun and his associated Shondas with Jonathan Mayo and amongst the two of us. Sure. Uh, but we want to talk about somebody who's specifically named in that, you know, famous list of Jews. The the every Jewish kid knows every word to Adam Sandler's Hanukkah song. We're talking about Hall of Famer Rod Carew. So Rod Carew, the uh, 18-time All Star. Uh, Panamanian high time all-star that's true that is pretty telling yeah uh Panamanian born uh first baseman second baseman uh he's from Panama yeah he's from Panama wow but uh lived most of his life in the states uh so we don't have to quiz each other on this because I think we're both pretty well versed on this um Rod Carew not Jewish let's you know give our readers some context but he is name checked in the Adam Sandler clinic song Uh, he, sorry, he's, his, uh, he's a Zonian. I didn't realize that. Okay. So he, his father was an American who was living in the Panama Canal zone uh-huh. and his mother was Panamanian. Uh-huh. Um, so he was born in, in what at the time was part of the Panama Canal zone. Uh, but he moved to the U S at age 14, grew up in Washington Heights. So, you know, relatively Jewish, Yeah. um, a, a Jewish sort of area of, uh, of, uh, New, of York. New York. And he was discovered by Minnesota twin scout Monroe Katz. Who I'm gonna guess was Jewish. <laughs> uh, Katz also recommended Rod Crew to another twin scout, Herb Stein. Yeah, apparently back then the only <laughs> qualification for being a scout was you had to be Jewish, or at least have a very Jewish name. Was Branch Ricky Jewish? Uh, no, Branch. Uh, yeah, he not was Jewish. not Jewish. Yeah. But uh, Leo Deroche was, who was the manager at the time. Leo Deroche wasn't Jewish. Leo Deroche was Jewish. I think he was. All right, you look this up while I yeah, uh, continue, continue with talk. the Rod okay. Crew. So there's no. Uh, Rod Carew went on to have an excellent career, uh, mostly with the Minnesota Twins. Uh, He was the Rookie of the Year. He was elected to 18 consecutive All-Star games. 
He was the batting champion uh, on four on four different times, and he won the MVP award in 1977. Uh, what he never did, though, is convert to Judaism. So there's some confusion over this, but uh, he never converted to Judaism. His wife is Jewish. His wife is a Marilyn Levy. Uh, he was a member of a temple in Santa Ana, California, and their three daughters were raised Jewish and bat mitzvah. But so he was a member of a temple. He was a member of a temple, but he never formally converted. I don't think he defined himself as Jewish. I think he sort of accepted that he had a, a Jewish element to him. And I think he always sort of accepted that it was pretty funny and part of his persona, yep. but never would have described himself as Jewish uh, and continued to not be Jewish. But I would say a friend of the tribe, you know, still living in his 70s. Uh, I believe he's retired in California now. Yep. Um, so follow up, Leo DeRoche was not Jewish. Apparently quite an anti-Semite, as a matter of fact. Yeah, okay. However, he did marry a Miss Lynn Goldblatt of the Chicago Goldblatts, a prominent Chicago Jewish family. Well, it takes all kinds. It does. Uh, anyways, so our salute to Rod Carew, a friend of the Jews, a member of the 3000 Hit Club, not so, a member of the tribe. But we but talk about close. him as, as being Jewish or, you know, Jew or not Jew. I'm, I'm going to, I think, disagree with him. Um, he did wear a high, very famously, Rod Carew, which I think is great. Um, and he has been listed in Jewish. I think once something reaches sort of canonical truth, does it really matter what the history is? This is a, uh, you know, when the legend's better than the, than the truth, print the legend. Exactly. Okay, fine. I mean, so, I, 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 again, honorary, honorary tribesman, uh, married to someone from the tribe. I think he's, he's close enough. Even Neil Diamond called him Jewish in Neil Diamond's cover of the Hanukkah song. Well, he was covering, you know, Adam's. This is how a sort of... Um, this is how the legend gets made. This is how the legend gets made. Uh, but I guess that's our position here. He is uh, pretty Maybe. close. Pretty, we'll call him half. Three and a half. We'll give him half. half. Okay. Yeah, 18-time All-Star. Raised three Jewish high women. High-time All-Star. High-time All-Star. High-necklace wearer, Rod Carew. Yeah. Not, official, not officially Jewish, but by the standards of, a, of this Jewish sports podcast. Yeah. You know something? Jewish enough. Donk Ellis also used to wear a high. Really? Yeah. As sort of like, I think just sort of maybe like one of those Rastafarian Zionist okay. vibe things. But I think he thought it was like a cool big gold symbol. Louis Armstrong well. wore one. Really? Yeah, because he, he was befriended by a Jewish family when he was a kid. They sort of took him in. He said he wore it to remind them of uh, his connection to that family. It's like uh, Colin Powell, speaking Jewish. Yiddish, speaking I Yiddish. think they call it. Yikes. Yikes. But, so this is, there's, I guess there's sort of like a, as we talked about a lot in the boxing podcast, for a lot of black athletes, there's some Jewish connection and sort of successful black people. Sure. I know there's, there there has been. I mean, this seems to be an yeah. example of a, of a Jewish black connection. They said that uh, the scout who found him, he played, his son played on the same team as Rod Crew. So no is that sort of not surprising for what was at the time probably a pretty mixed neighborhood of Washington yep. Heights, right? Absolutely. Uh, we're, if we're talking in late, late 50s or early 60s, right? Yeah. yeah. And I, it's true. And then Washington Heights has been a baseball hotspot for a very long time. Mm -hmm. A-Rod, Manny Ramirez, right. both from Washington Heights. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's sort of what, just north of Spanish Harlem, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It just once you go north of Columbia before you hit the cloisters. Right. You're right. right in there. It's like 120th? Yeah, and it yeah. faces Yankee Stadium. Okay. So, cool. you know, A-Rod talked about growing up looking at Yankee Stadium. Presumably Rod Crew did the same thing, but right. he was never a Yankee. No. No. A twin and an, and an angel. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And, you know, like a lot of Jews who hit it big, he moved to Los Angeles. Who would blame him? Who would blame him? So we're hoping this year gives us our third slash third and a half uh, Jewish MVP. Yep.
That should just about do it for this week's episode of The Menchwarmers. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in to our podcast talking about Jews and sports and so much more. The uh, hockey season's coming up. We'll have some good NHL Judaism coverage coming up soon. Looking yeah. to build some stories based on that. Talk about the uh, first overall pick from last year, Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes. Uh, who I guess won't be making his debut this year in all likelihood. No, he will be. He'll oh, make he will the team. be. I yeah. thought it's usually a year, a year off. Top three, four picks usually make okay. the team. Everybody else, they send him back down for conditioning because, you know, whatever the screwy salary cap rules are. Okay. So look forward to that in the coming weeks. Uh, basketball pot preview coming up too. Not yeah. a ton of Jewish NBA players right now, but uh, we're getting there. Are we'll there talk about any? Them. We'll talk about that yeah. in future podcasts. But there's a few, few hockey players. Jack Hughes, great example. Yeah. Uh, Until then, uh, follow us on Twitter at Menchwarmers. Uh, follow us on Facebook at the CJN Podcast Network. Uh, you can get all uh, your information there and updates. Uh, follow us on Twitter. You'll occasionally get our uh, you know live tweets of an Israel baseball game or <laughs> our takes on the stories of the day. Uh, try and amplify as many Jewish voices as we can. Yep. Uh, so follow us there. And always happy to get your feedback. Got some great feedback on the last couple podcasts. And uh, always happy to hear your notes and try and incorporate those things that you want to hear back into the show. That's right. And please find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Podcon. Podkicker. Podkicker. Uh, did we do Spotify already? We do Spotify. I said yeah. Spotify. Pod. Uh, pod. Apple Podcast. I think that's what iTunes is now. Yeah, Apple Podcast. That's, there's no iTunes anymore. It's Apple Podcast. That's yeah. true. Um, what's the one that you have to pay for? Luminary? Are we on Luminary? Probably not. Probably. Right? We might be on Audible. Stitcher, you have to. There's Stitcher Premium, but you can find us on Stitcher Regular as well. Okay, well, where, wherever you got this podcast, get our, <laughs> get our next ones also from there. And That's please right. like and subscribe, uh, rate us on iTunes, whatever you can. It's always great to get feedback and uh, always hear, happy to hear from you guys. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, we've been the Mentor Warmers.